Hi, I'm Karina Beltran. This is Opinions Nobody Asked For. I'm also known as Karina's Vanity on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, and all that other good stuff. Also, Live Me, which I am live streaming right now. If you guys want to watch this, I live stream and I will usually post it on my Instagram story that I am going live so you guys can know that it is happening. Um, Today, I have a very special guest and I'm so excited. This is my first female guest and the second I laid my eyes on her, I had to have her everyone aphrodite yeah what's up i'm so excited you i think you have no idea oh wow so okay so i approached you yesterday i'm sorry two days ago yeah at the comedy store my the first time here here's what how i saw you and then i want you to tell me everything about you okay i first laid my eyes on you (laughs) um i did an interview with malcolm hatchett right before he blew up like right before all this stuff yeah malcolm malcolm and um he was like yeah i i've been on kill tony before and then when i went um he started talking about kill tony i never heard of it so he was like you have to go it's really cool so then i go to the show and then the show that i go to he made him a regular and i was like oh this is so cool so i've been every single week since then wow yeah it's been great i've never been called but i am so happy every time i go and then the first episode that i saw was where you let the homeless man that has never been kissed touch your butt (laughs) and i'm like yes Yes. oh my god i was so excited i was like this is amazing i love this and i every episode after that you have such a presence or tony has to say your name or every episode that i've been to I'm like, this is phenomenal. I'm excited. I had to approach you. Who is Aphrodite? Well, Aphrodite is one of the hottest (laughs) rising senior citizens on the effing fucking planet. Okay. (laughs) I love that. Yes. I'm going to be 63 in October, but... According to everybody's uh, view of me, your mouth. I look like you know by the ass twenty five. Oh my god! Yes. Uh, oh my! You look amazing. Thank you. Question: Is that a boob job or is that yours? No, this is all grease and more grease. <laughs> you know, in the hood we eat. You oh, know? of course. We don't do no damn you know implants and all oh, that I shit. Oh, I know. I love that. You know, we might get our teeth done. You know, get ah. teeth done. Don't fuck around with the teeth. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god! I love that. <laughs> I love that. So okay, so. Where are you from? I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, the show me state. Wow. And we will show your ass. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. And when did you move to California? I moved to California uh, in uh, 1978, September of 78. And I went to Riverside, California and went to Riverside City College and worked at the sheriff department and sang with a band called Chain Reaction and San Bernardino. And it was Air Force Base. And we did private parties and oh, Mexican weddings and what have you. And the people would think I was lost because I was the only black person at Oh, in the band? Yeah. Oh, my God. How old were you? Did you come here I was specifically 21 for going college? on 22. Yeah. So you came here for college? Yeah, I had a little sorry boyfriend back then in oh. the Air Force. He was so, so he was really tired, you know. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, he should be retired. Okay. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God, I'm falling in love with you. Okay, perfect. So you came out here, and then you kind of just never left. You were like, this is it. I had no intentions to leave. I wasn't going back to St. Louis. Oh, I knew my God, I had yeah. to stay. 
Oh my god, that's amazing! So yeah. you've been here ever since. Yes, yes. What I, I okay? So I've heard I've heard that you can sing. Tony made a comment about you singing. I see that you go up on Kill Tony. Are you a comedian? Are you well? First of all, there's no box that you can put in. You can do it all. Yes. But what What is your main focus right now? Everything. Every oh, I love Everything. that. Everything. You know, I, I'm tired of people making rules about how oh, you're supposed no. to do creative things mm-hmm. or live, especially as a woman. Oh my god! I'm out to yes. break all the fucking rules. Okay. Yes. And when I find the motherfuckers that made the rules, I'm gonna fuck them up. Everybody yes. Oh my god, (laughs) this is literally gonna be so great. Okay, perfection. So when we need to talk about Kill Tony. Okay, so I tried. You said it was August something. You were on the first time. Yeah, August twenty second. August twenty second, twenty sixteen. I could not find it for the life of me. It's on there. August twenty second. But you have to walk me through it. How did you find out about Kill Tony? How did you get on it? How long did it take you for you to get called? Well, it was all in my. Uh, way of seeing things, nothing but pure destiny. I was talking to a longtime friend who I call a niece. She said she wanted to do some stand-up, visiting from Texas at my house here in L.A. Next thing I know, I'm telling her, well, let's do it tonight. She's like tripping out because she wasn't planning on doing it that soon. So uh-huh. long story short, we end up signing up, both of us, for the Laugh Factory. She didn't go. I don't know why, but anyway, long story short, something told me, a voice said, go ahead and do it anyway. See where it takes you. Yeah. And when was some, this? This was like August sixteenth. Uh, I went to the Laugh Factory, I believe it was something like that. It was right around close to the same time I went to kill Tony, and I went to kill Tony next after that. Somebody told me about it. Mm-hmm. Well, what actually what happened? Somebody told me about the potluck. I got there too late to sign up for that, and they said, "Well, sign up for kill Tony," and that's mm-hmm. how I ended up getting on the list. Mm-hmm. And I got picked the first time I went. Wow. Wow. I later found Yeah, the first time I later found out people have gone for years and never been picked. So that's nothing but destiny to me. A hundred percent. A hundred I I just got in a um stand up about a month ago. I'm a screenwriter, but I when my first time going I went on Sundays. I go on Sundays. Um I haven't been in a like a while to the Sunday one, but um my first time going they called me and they ended at one thirty. I called at one twenty five. Wow. And they, I heard my name. They were like, Karina, and I stand up. But if I didn't, if I wasn't shocked to heard my name, I wouldn't have stood up. I was so nervous. I have anxiety. It's bad. I can't talk in front of people. It's well, you know bad. what? I can tell you actually in the blink of an eye how to get rid of that. You just have to be willing to do it. How? First of all, start with stop saying it. Stop saying it. Your thoughts and your words are very powerful. Thoughts and words have built everything that we have. You have oh nothing God. that wasn't built from a thought. Yeah. Name something that wasn't built from a thought. Oh, my God. You're going to save me, Aphrodite. I love this. Oh, my God. Yes, it's so true. Yeah. I just, I truly do have anxiety and I don't take anything for it. I Stop wish I could claiming smoke. it. Stop claiming it. I know, it. but it's, it's, it's there and it's serious. I know, I know, and I but wish I could do something language. about it. Yeah, when you find yourself saying it, switch gears. That's how you train yourself to stop it. You're right. You You're know, so right. get up, walk out the room, turn the radio on, just anything to stop you from going on. And when you got on, what was your experience with like Tony and them? Oh, I'm I'm way too crazy to be afraid of anything. Oh my god. It's all like a constant movie for me. I feel uh-huh. like I'm one of Jerry Lewis's kids, which I'm probably am. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And what so you went on kill tony and your minute like did was tony like immediately in love with you yeah pretty much i just i was on the stage for like near 20 minutes 
Oh my God! And he at the end asked me, "Please come back." Oh my! I, I did God. everything, including singing on the show. I took over his band. I just had a great time. They're hilarious. I, oh, they I, love you if you just get loose. They really do. I got. I get there like my, the first time I got there, they were already like I think they were like Tony Hinchcliffe when I was walking in. So I didn't hear their um them like performing the beginning, but their songs are hilarious. Last week, um, not last Monday, but the Monday before that, they were talking about five-year-old boners. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's completely There's something to say anything, you know, and you have to be ready when you go up there. You know, I just, like I said, good thing I'm not, you know, fearful. Uh, at least I don't have sense enough to be fearful, which uh-huh. is a great, you know, tool for me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Cassandra went up. I just discovered, I just saw her and she's, I mean, I have to get her on the podcast. Cassandra? Yes. Did you see yes, her? Yes, yes. Cassandra is a piece of work. She oh is. my God. She let me touch her boobs after the show. Yeah. She talked about her, you know, her uh, transition and everything, but I'm gonna let her tell you because I know a tiny drop of it and she's the person, you know what I'm oh saying? Oh my God. Yeah. But getting back to the first time I was on the show, uh-huh. it was amazing because I just had this feeling. And then this guy was there. He's this really nice big guy named Matthew. He's been on a bunch of times too. I've been on the show now 15 plus counting Wow. and more is coming. Do you go every week? Uh, basically I hadn't been going every week, but lately I have been going because there's just, the magic is, is just, it's beyond. I, I don't think, yeah, I've been probably four times now. There's not one week I regret it. Oh, it's, it's so magical. The comedians are so lovable, you mm-hmm. know, in this business of entertainment, you mm-hmm. know, coming from being a union actress mm-hmm. and doing all these TV shows and mm-hmm. music videos and everything. And, you know, stuff. I started to think that maybe the comedians would be on this, you know, ignorant game like some of the actors are snooty, you know, over the top with, you know, I want to be famous nonsense 100%. and everything. They have been nothing but lovely. Oh, my God. Yeah. Every time I come, the you whole know. cast of Kill Tony, actually, because Tony Hinchcliffe yes. is known for his um, roast um, like that's his kind of shtick yes. is that he's a roaster and he gets on people. But he's also so like. You can see that he really loves people. He is so loved. He he really wants and he me to make it. Accepts everybody. He really wants. I mean, here I am. I'm. I don't know anybody older than me that's putting their name in the bucket. Uh uh-uh. uh. I don't know anybody. There was this guy. You know, uh, what was his Crazy name? Crazy Mike. No. Not, Have you heard of him? Yeah, Mystery Dan. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I saw Mystery Dan at Next Stage yeah. last Friday. But he hasn't been there in a while, so I don't know. It seems like he's just interested in going some other stuff there, which there's plenty there to go to. Uh-huh. And I'm just so in love with that place. I'm telling you, every time I go there, I get blessed. Every time. I can't even tell you about what's been happening the last two times yet. It's really big. The comedy store in general is just like, I think you... For for me, at least, because I want to be, I mean, a comedian or whatever. I've always wanted to be a comedian my whole life, like with writing, with everything. Like, I want, same as you, I want to break, like, everything. I want to direct comedy movies. I want to write comedy movies. I want oh, to write yeah. comedy shows. I want to be a comedian, like, everything. So I feel like every time I step foot there, it's like this feeling of, like, this can't be real. No, it is real. And that's why you met me, because I have some really extremely crazy comedy stuff so we're gonna work together okay i, I can't even do, i every time i step foot there i'm just like this feels like we're back in the old times where people were just kicking it did you hear about mitzi's passing no I'm she just passed saying, this morning oh wow okay i didn't hear i that. would i feel like there's so she reminds me of my grandmother you hear all these crazy things about her but at the end of the day she helped people yeah and she, she started a she lot of great lot. things to, to have, look what, what's happening with it today you know oh i'm sorry to hear that and yeah condolences to the family i would have loved know. to meet her 
I know she probably would have hated me, but I still love her. Oh, don't say that. I How do because know? I mean, I mean, even Gary Shandling, she didn't even she, in the beginning. She was like not for Gary because he was a writer, and then he wanted to be a comedian, which is what I'm doing. And I'm like, there's no way she would have like. But you know what? She might be way from that mindset. You know, before I mean, she left here. You know what I'm saying? You really yeah, don't sure know without talking to her. a person. Because sometimes they change. Like, I'll tell you about the famous Richard Pryor, which I grew up Did you his meet him stuff. ever? I never met him, but we knew his uh, album called The In Person Is Crazy. I can't say the N-word. I don't use it in my act at all. <laughs> okay. But anyway, we, we knew the album. We would go around quoting things from the oh album and stuff. But when he went to Africa... He changed his mind about it. He said he would never say it again. Oh, wow. He really was moved when really? he went there. He couldn't say it anymore. And it happened for me before. I've never been to Africa yet, but I'm going to go. Yeah. And I stopped saying it in my 20s because something hit me when I started taking, truly taking black history classes. I never really knew anything about us as a people of color until I started taking them after high school because they gave us nothing. Like I said, I'll be 63 October oh 10th. So we got nothing. Matter of fact, a teacher told me, that uh, people of color, black people, never did anything. And so I'm like, wow. wow. Something told me that can't be right. You know? Oh, no, Jesus. Oh, my God. Come <laughs> to find out, Educate done yourself. everything. You know? Oh, my God, yeah, 100%. You know, just studying ancient Egypt alone is enough to blow your mind. Oh, my God, yeah. You know? That's so. amazing. Wow, so who... So with the comedy thing, you said it was just like your friend or whatever. Growing up, you said you listened to Richard Pryor a little bit, but um, did, was there any comedians that you like sought after growing up that you were like, no, oh, no, no. I'm just come from a crazy ass family. You know, they're always stand up comedians. I family. love that. <laughs> my oh, mom's yeah. crazy. She, she's a church lady, but she, she'll have you busting up the way she talks. She's oh, got to describe even the gnat hairs on a gnat's ass. She oh, can describe. <laughs> I oh my God. So singing was your like true love well i started out with both see i've always been multi-involved in creative things because i've never succumbed to this show business nonsense about you do one thing and all that whoever made that rule up again when i find them i'm gonna whoop their ass okay <laughs> tired of all this rule shit you I, rule I, get all, I get that a lot even my family because i feel like and it, i was reading statistics too i think there's like a huge percentage of people that never leave their hometown yeah, but and they're they're mind fucked, you know. Exactly, and I feel like I'm the only one to have a. La- I, I live. You here. have escaped from Alcatraz, young lady. I tell you, you that should much. celebrate that shit. And now that I'm here, I feel like every time I tell someone, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm going to start doing stand up," or even when I'm like writing scripture, like, "Well, what do you want to do?" It seems like you want to do too much. You have to. Stick well, that's to one in their thing. little narrow mind. They can only handle so much because they have succumbed to the program of bullshit. You yes. know, planned bullshit is basically what I would call it. In other words, <laughs> you know, they teach you so many things as your parents. And uh-huh. your, you know, teachers at school or whatever, and they're locked into the whoever made up the stupid ass idea of mm-hmm. you don't do this and you do this only until you're a certain age and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, that is so ridiculous when it comes to reality. We're beings. We're very creative and beings. And life is so short. You know? Do you know how short life is? Well, actually, they keep saying that, but actually, life isn't short people's brain cells are short that's what's really short short because i feel like it can be taken taken from you at any point and even if you do live to 80 that's still a small amount of time you couldn't you couldn't actually you couldn't have possibly did everything you wanted to do yeah but see you're younger than me by leaps and miles and bounds and since i'm already (laughs) in the 60s i can tell you life is not short every day is an eternity it's the way you think so shall it be it's an ancient egyptian concept i'm really deep into ancient egypt and further back oh my god she's teaching me so much you know it's the way you think we all go around quoting these useless things well but i mean as far as as far as um 
it, I feel when I say life is too short, I mean it. Life is too precious to go around not doing what you want to do and well, living that's a, through even, other people. That's a great word, but living short. through other people. Short is how we look at it. Everything mm-hmm. is magical. Everything is an eternity. Even a baby coming here still born, you look at it and you see what was made inside of that person. It's still magical, even though it's sad because you would have liked to got to know that soul. You know, but who's to say that that soul doesn't come back again? We get all these stories and all these rules and all these Bibles and everything else. And most of us will be very, 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 very extremely blessed Mm -hmm. to be our own self in whatever lifetime that we have because we're smothered from the time we pop out you know the parents are telling you everything or whoever's there is raising you is telling you everything influencing you with everything they're either opening up things for you to see more of life as you grow up or they're closing it down for you some people are doing terrible things to their kids they never got to know who they really were and so that's what I'll be most thankful for. Even though my parents are really strict and religious and stuff and had all their issues or whatever, they didn't smother me from singing and doing talent shows. Oh, and no. Stuff. Yeah. My, my father's very proud of me. And I, I'm so happy that he is. My mom is as well. They're they are together. They're married. Um, I the, when I when people hear that I left the home at such a young age, like I finished high school in two years because I hated it. And after that, I just went traveling and people are like, oh, so what were you running away from? Nothing. I just am like in my soul. I need to get out. I need to go see yeah. things. I need to live my life. And see, that's living what they call authentically. Oh, my God. You know, Damn. and a lot of people won't get there, especially women. I'm actually I'm a uh, self-published author. Are you? And, yeah, I'm raising money to reprint my first book called Poetry on Fire. Uh-huh. It's 120 poems. They're very, very real to life. I don't write any of that soft roses or red, violets or blue oh, stuff. No. But I tell people some of what I say might be about you. You know? <laughs> oh my God! Yes, because I'm the keep it real queen. <laughs> I got to get my hands on a copy. Oh my God! Oh, I'm raising money to reprint, and I have a new book that I'm working on. The when was it first pu- published? Uh, first in 2004. Yeah, wow. and then I published it again in 2007. So it cost me, you know, like maybe several thousand dollars before I get everything, you know, to go as a self-published author. But I'm going to also see what's possible on someone publishing some of my work as well, because my brand is really built since then. You know, a lot of people, more people know me and I've been blessed to tour all over the world with a band called Breakestra, a funk and soul band. And uh, we're playing up in Topanga Mm -hmm. uh, next month. I forgot where it's at right now. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it's B-R-E-A-K-E-S-T-R-A, Breakestra. Like you say, orchestra, oh, Breakestra. It's a funk and soul band. We're very well known all over in the UK and, you know, Europe, different parts of Europe. We've been to like Istanbul, Turkey, Singapore, Australia, all up in the... What style of singing do you do? Everything from hard rock to reggae to hip hop. I've never bought into doing any one style. Oh I sing God. whatever I want. I wouldn't expect you to. You know, I love that. What's your favorite uh, kind of singing? I can't put a label what, what, on what, it. What artists? What, what are like some of your favorite artists? Like I love Etta James, Amy Winehouse. I love Louis Armstrong, um, Count Basie, and well, I, I'm a real I'm like the old type of kind singer. Of, you know, you got to make me feel something, or else I, you know, can tolerate the tone coming yes. out of someone, but I may not really be feeling it. So I would say growing up feeling it, Aretha Franklin. Oh, of course. You know, growing up feeling it, Gladys Knight. Billy Holiday. You know, no, she was like a little bit before my time. You know, I wasn't really into her. She, oh, I mean, I mean I'm into yeah. people that they passed along before. But I like some of her stuff and I have sang some of her stuff. So mm-hmm. yes, definitely Billy Holiday. But as far as what really touched me when I was coming up, Marvin Gaye, mm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
uh, the spinners, you know, the temptations, mm. oh, the, the temptations, you know, yes, you know, uh, the Dales, mm. you know, I oh, mean, yeah, some serious, you know, Teddy Pendergrass, you know, wow, uh, Harold Mervin and the Blue Notes. He was oh my that, god, we have the know, same taste in music, you know, stuff like that, you know, uh, you know. B.B. King, you know. Oh, of course. You know, Johnny Taylor, mm-hmm. you know, Johnny Guitar Watson, mm-hmm. you know, uh, definitely uh, Al Green, mm-hmm. you know, Little Richard. Even with B.B. King, with that song he had, um, that Prince Royce turned around, people were like, this is such a great song. What song was it? Um, In the Night? Oh, uh, When you, the Night? Oh, oh Stand By Me. Stand, Stand By, by Me. me. Uh-huh. Prince Royce came out with it I th- at this point, probably eight years ago. But he came out there and was like, this sounds so great. I'm like, he did that so long ago. Yeah. It's- A lot of people think, and Chucka Khan, too, I actually got to meet her. You it met Chucka really, Khan? It was so weird. I was in the mall in the uh, Beverly Center here in L.A., and I bumped into the lady, make a long story short. We both turned around and said, I'm sorry, and I'm looking in the face of Chucka Khan. I'm, I'm like, where's the damn camera? Somebody playing with me. <gasps> Stop! I'm serious. I when was her that? Anyway. I can't even remember how long ago it was. It's been a good while, but I will never forget it. And then what really completely floored me, they could have just buried me right after she said this line. She said she heard my name before from her background singers. I could have just hit the floor right then. <gasps> oh, my God. I mean, I've never seen this lady in person in my life before. There's was no she just doubt. like an essence about her? It's, it's just, you know, your face almost melts. I, I knew who she was. She didn't have to say anything. Oh it was my. no, it was no Chucka Khan lookalike. It was really her. So she, well, I mean, of course she said her background dancers have heard of you, but she, oh my God. Wow. You know, I mean, she is, her, her sound was just so cool. And then Tina Turner, Tina Turner, because a lot of times, like my uh, most current singer, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, my most current single, I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. is uh, 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 Gotta Get Your Dub, D-U-B, with this producer, Gary Davis. Mm-hmm. And it's on iTunes. And uh, you can see it on YouTube, too, if you type in A-F-R-O-D-Y-E-T-E in the search box on YouTube. Okay. You'll see it. It says Gotta Get Your Dub. And it's like a dancer in the middle of the the uh, thing that looks like a 45, like a vinyl 45. Okay. And it's like a a black shadow of a dancer you can't see any features it's just black but uh-huh. it looks like somebody dancing on it. it looks like a 45 and it's by gary davis and uh it's it's real funky and and housey and you know it's got a little flair of tina turner in it and uh then i did this song called the nature creature by a man named asagaya i think he's japanese uh, uh hip-hop artist or whatever and the producer his name is guts g-u-t-s <laughs> just like it sounds and uh, it's called The Nature Creature uh-huh. featuring Aphrodite. And I freestyled the entire vocals. The, none of the producers I work with can sing. Wow. So I freestyle everything that I do. Do you have any albums? I have some singles out and stuff. Like I said, this one, the you two I just You should put together an album of your greatest hits. Well, I'm going to do some, a whole lot more stuff because the bands that I'm with now, I'm singing with five bands. And they uh, have brand new recording studios. Yay. And so they have already invited me to be a part of some of their projects and they want to hear whatever stuff I have. I have tons of songs. from. What's your favorite song to sing that you're like, this gets me feeling like I'm so happy Honestly, to sing? I don't have one. See, for me, it's just strictly feeling. If any song gives me that feeling, it's my favorite song. Is there a, well, I mean, I mean, that's true. I feel like I feel like all I could do was cry or... <clears throat> Um, 
All I could do was cry or... I mean, a Sunday kind of love, like well, those kind of songs, when you hear them, you're just like, damn. Well, what I can tell you is that one comes to mind because there's so many. Like I said, for me, it's strictly feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm really into what I call car change singer. I like for the way the song moves. The basis of every song is car changes. So yeah. if the car changes don't move me, then I probably wouldn't want to sing it. Because uh-huh. I just got to get that feeling. You know, it's just like, you know singing crack you so to yeah. speak you know <laughs> if yeah. i can't get that feeling the way the cards move then it's like ah, yeah. I don't, i'm not feeling it you know i'm old school we sang from feeling you know real natural feeling like i'll tell you one that i turned into my own thing it's the same thing that whitney houston did to i will always love you from dolly Parton. okay i used to watch that show many years ago when dolly would sing that at the end of her show uh-huh that's how far back i go oh my god never knowing there was going to be a young lady come along many years later and put a soul touch to oh that my, song oh my god yeah so i put a soul touch to sinatra's my way oh i love sinatra and every time i sing it people cry they get very emotional stop because i do a soul touch to it like can i give you an example yes okay like most people when they they uh cover uh standards tune they make the mistake of trying to sing it just like the artist Mm -hmm. and you don't really need to you should Mm -hmm. sing the song where people can recognize that it's a whitney houston song or you know sinatra or nita baker or whoever it might be but you should take it and make it your own you know, so like the, most people say, um, and now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. So yeah. that's how the average person would sing that. Of course, yeah, that's know. how Frank does it. But this is my way. And now the end is near, mm-hmm. and so I face a final curtain. Yes, I do, my baby, my friend. I say it clear. I state my case. I decorate. Oh, which I'm certain. Oh, God. I've lived all life thus full. I've traveled each and every highway and more. Much more than this I did in my fucking way. Yes, Aphrodite! Yeah. Oh my God. That's yeah. insane. Yes. Oh my, I can't watch you live. I'd be crying. You know, I'd show up no makeup, bawling. Oh my God. That's phenomenal. And then, like, I'd like to, um, right at the meat of the song, you know, and they say, What is the man? What has he got? If not himself, he, he has not. And then gets to part. To say the words he truly feels and not the words yeah yeah a one kneels the record shows I took every blow and I still did it Oh my god that was so great 
You are just something else. So I want the feeling. Oh, you make me feel. Oh, my God. You know, like James Brown. I got the feeling, baby. Oh, oh my God. Yes. All the time. Every day. You know, that feeling. Want it, That's what's it. missing in this day and time is feeling. Because a lot of young people come to me when I do a show around them and they say, what is it that you're doing with your voice? I've never felt like that before. Oh, my God. That's insane. It's even with. Did you see Cadillac Records? That one I haven't seen yet. I haven't either, which is crazy because I'm obsessed with Edda James. But I feel like um, the scenes that I have seen, like Beyonce doing her songs, holy, oh my God, the the clips that I've seen on YouTube. um, There was a scene that I'm guessing they're saying is a portrayal of like real life where um, the. manager or her manager whatever comes in the room and she's singing um all i could do was cry um or was it i heard church bells ring that's i could all i could do was cry right yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not sure because i didn't see it yet but i'm gonna have but to check her it out song, all i could do was cry she was singing and basically the song is like her husband's getting married can i yeah. can i put her down dustin yeah okay um he he um basically the song is her husband's getting married um her her ex is getting married mm-hmm. and uh the song is i heard church bells ring i heard a choir singing and then it comes into all his music you would lo- oh my god i would kill to hear you sing that song oh. but that song it's so powerful and i guess she wasn't doing her best because she didn't write the song and he goes up to her and he was like do you know what it feels like to get your mitt like he just starts giving it to her and he's like feel it and then she sings it and she kills it it's because you have to feel it like, yes. Even if you, I, even if the the rumors are true, and Etta James didn't write eighty percent of her music, I don't give a shit because when she sung it, she felt it. Yeah, because you know, there's uh, "Lady Sings the Blues." It's an amazing movie. If you haven't seen no. it yet, you've got to see it. Diana Ross. Oh, it's uh, uh, it's such a beautiful song. Diana Ross and Tracy Ellis Ross. I am extraordinarily Ugh. obsessed with Tracy Ellis Ross. I would kill to see her. I bartended at the Emmys last year just to meet her, and she did not show up. The feeling. Oh my uh, God! Like in the, there's a song. She's in a bar. I think I saw it more than once. I don't know how many times I saw it, but I I would stay up late at night as a young girl and I would watch any movies that came on because I was just fascinated with them. I never dreamed I would grow up and be in the movies. Oh my God! You'd be on TV we shows. We got to get into stuff, that. Where, what movies have you been in? What what, uh, what got you into that? I was uh, actually working of all places at the Screen Actors Guild. Oh, wow. The biggest union for actors in the world. Of course. And I worked there almost five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got fired <gasps> dealing with some really crazy supervisors that didn't like a smart black woman. Of you course know, A little not. colored woman was just a little bit too smart and a little bit too colorful. You know? uh-huh. And I was singing after work, you know, going to school after work and stuff. So I was just a little bit too intelligent for them. Mm-hmm. We would have memo wars and I was excellent at typing. Mm-hmm. I was the only one they hired that typed the speed that they wanted with absolutely no errors on my paper. Wow. So they already knew I wasn't a typical person. Wow. But anyway, long story short, I'd do shows and, you know, go to work the next day if it was in the middle of the week or whatever, you know, and I sang at the Christmas parties mm-hmm. and stuff and everything. And then once I got fired, I started doing movie work. They didn't know I was doing movie work. I ended up getting a speaking role with Warner Brothers mm-hmm. pretty close right out the gate. Mm-hmm. And I had a lawsuit in with them and I took, some of that money and paid my fee to join SAG and signed up with my old supervisor talking about a surreal moment she had to sit right there and sign me in as a SAG member oh my <laughs> and she God. had been my supervisor before I got fired what was your first role uh I worked in this uh 
thing called Mother County. Uh, as far as I know, it didn't air. It was like a, a pilot for Warner Brothers. And I was oh, wow. on the set as an extra. Oh, wow. And they took me over to the director. I'll never forget it. As long as I live, I thought they were going to have me walk by doing extra stuff, you know. And the guy said, hey, Barnett, this is Aphrodite. And Aphrodite, this is the director, Barnett. And he says, well, on action, you're going to say next. And this lady's going to step up here, and you're going to say, what's wrong with you? And she's going to say, oh, nothing, and you're going to say next. And I'm standing there looking like a deer in headlights, like, did this man just ask me to speak? And I'm supposed to be an extra? Oh, my God. And a teacher had told me that Dr. Robert Bob Smith, oh, never forget it. He said, just be ready, basically. It can happen anytime. Upgraded on the set. And I'm like, this is that moment. This is that moment. Oh, my God. I was freaking out. What's the biggest thing you've done? That you were just excited about. I mean, oh, I'm excited about there's, there's everything. No role, there's no role that's small. I mean, yeah, everything... I, for me, especially a woman of color in the industry that just doesn't pick us that often, I'm just blown away. Any speaking roles that there's I've got. There's been gotten. so much light shed on that, especially with Viola Davis, and she's just fucking a powerhouse, and she doesn't get what she deserves, and it's fucking. Well, insane. it's gonna be slow. I'm just keeping it real because America ain't ready to make the full swing yet. It ain't. No. It ain't. I no. ain't finna fool myself. I'm gonna produce my own stuff. I'm not waiting on anybody for anything. Of course, not. that's the kind of life I live. Because yeah. you'll end up doing nothing. Because mm-hmm. people move slowly when it comes to the ignorant stuff. They, I'm oh, sorry, they do. Of and course. I don't want to be stressed out trying to, you know, do anything crazy to fit in because it's not going to happen. I'm way mm-hmm. darker than they usually put in lead roles. My ass weighs 250 alone, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> so that canceled some roles right there, you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. And now I'm turning 63 soon. You know, I ain't waiting on Hollywood. I never have. I started acting at 40 years old. At 40. I've been a member over 22 years. Wow. In good standing, you know. So I just enjoy art. You know, I'm not going to let these. So do you have an agent? No, but I'm going to get one soon. I decided I would How do you build. get one? I want one. Well, first of all, you need to build your name. Because it's like being a grain of sand. Mm. You know how many grains of sand there are on the beach, right? Yeah, but so, we're special grains of sand. But then you have to get out there and keep doing it. Yeah. See, I've been doing this over many years. Mm-hmm. I never allowed myself to worry about it because I knew all the kind of ignorance that's going on, mm-hmm. size, weight, color, and all. I wasn't trying to hear none of it. But in doing it anyway, people are still giving me stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's two more things coming up right now that I'm not going to speak about right now. No, of course. Uh, I'll put it on my Twitter or, you know, Instagram. People. Can, what social media are you like most present on? Uh, Facebook mm. and also uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Those okay. three. I follow you on Instagram, but yes. Twitter, I will keep up with you. Yes. So I'm Aphrodite Love on Twitter. A-F-R-O-D-Y-E-T-E Love. And on Instagram, A-F-R-O-D-Y-E-T-E 6325. Love and it. I'm Aphrodite Space Love on Facebook. Wow. So, I love it. But uh, it's it's really a busy life for me since I've come through all the uh, physical things I had to go through recently, which is double hip replacement surgeries. I had to teach myself how to walk Whoa. again. You know, I kept singing. I went to shows with a walker, you know. And I wore high heels. Of course. <laughs> Everybody thought I was Nothing crazy. Nothing stopping you. Oh, man. You know, the voice still working, you know what I'm saying? So Of course. i just been, you know, I'm just a diehard. You know, I just don't believe in listening to none of this crap people talk in life. You know, just go do whatever the hell you want to do, you oh my know. God. They can only say no, and if they don't say no, you just got over. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've been getting over a long time because I'm too crazy to even care. Yeah. I tell people crazy is good. Not you know, not, not crazy, crazy burning people's house down and killing folks. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about just don't give a fuck. You know, you want to audition for something, go do it. 
You don't want to be one of those people that look back and say, damn, what the hell was I thinking about? Why didn't I just fucking go? You know? Yes. You can't, yeah. you can't lose going. You, a great deal of what happens for me is showing up. Mm. The rest is just destiny. You know? That is the f- a fact if I ever heard one. And it's cheesy to say, but it's true. You, you only regret the things you don't do. Yes. And if you don't take the chance, you there's no way you can ever know. And yes. I definitely have been in situations where I'm like, I probably should have done that. Yes. Don't overanalyze. I call it doctor feeling shit. Mm. You know, stop oh, doctor I'm, feeling shit. You know, oh stop trying to get every damn answer and, you know, make everything all super, you know, perfect for you for you to go into a situation. You know, think of life as something magical. Mm. I think of it like a great movie, like I'm doing sequel after sequel. Mm. I'm starting in my own movie, you know. Wow. And I get to do whatever the fuck I want to do because it's my fucking movie. Of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, my God. I'd watch that a million times over. That's right. I get credits. I get Oscars. Are I get you, all kind of shit. So you wrote... I'm sorry. So you wrote a poem book. Did you? Are you writing anything like actual screenplays or actually any like shows or any biographies? Well, it's a lot to do, but I have several things in the works. Like I am writing the second book. I have a manuscript as thick as a telephone book right now, mm. and it's called When Freedom Rings. This is what it sounds like. And wow. all my poetry is highly controversial. You know, it's real in your face. It's funny. You know, it's it's just all over the place but it's about real issues real life things and things that we can identify with you know you know i have all kind of titles you know Mm um uh will the real faggots please stand and it's not talking about homosexual men it's talking about men that beat up their wives and girlfriends of course and the little kids you know wow and then you know i have uh, a black wild driving you know wow dealing with what it's like you know getting pulled over, you know, what'll happen to you if you try to resist. And people think, oh, they had just, you know, followed the officers, you know, whatever. I got stopped by an officer in Orange County. I wasn't even driving. I was on foot going to a job interview. I got off the bus, totally dressed, nothing showing, not even any cleavage. I had a long skirt on down to my ankles. I had on a leather jacket zipped up to my neck. I've told this story so many times. I had my brand new books with me, Poetry on Fire, in my book bag to sell as I went along day to day. And I had my purse on my shoulder and I had a cell phone to my ear trying to find out where this job was. I evidently got off at the wrong stop. And this cop, white cop, just came up seemingly out of nowhere. He asked me, was I lost? I said, yeah, I'm kind of lost. Maybe I think I got off the wrong stop, bus stop. And I was going to ask him, can you tell me where the address was? And he said, yeah, because uh, we're having trouble with black prostitutes in the area. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Now, I could see if I was standing on the corner waving at guys or something, he might have some idea that maybe I was doing something weird. But I'm walking. Take this visual in your mind. A fucking book bag on my shoulder. I'm walking. I'm not waving at anybody because I don't know any fucking body in Orange County. Okay? I oh went to a fucking God. job interview. And you know prostitutes don't wear long skirts all the way down to the fucking ankles. Not, when you ask. seen a prostitute dressed like that, you know, and then zipped all the way up to my neck, my leather jacket. How long ago was this experience? It's been a good while, but it never leaves, you know, because it was very scary because a lot of black people don't get to leave alive. No. You know, so a lot of people don't know that, you know, that you can assume whatever you want. But let your tan get too dark and I bet you'll find out some shit you don't know right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's insane. That's so insane. It was very I never got to the job interview. But there are a lot of I feel like uh, I'm extremely new to the game um, stand up, but um even if I feel like I'm not going to get called, which I always try to go in, especially recently with the mindset, Fifi stuff with the mindset that I'm going to get called. Um, 
Malcolm was like, put your name in and just say, call me whenever. And I, and I, and I do that and it works and it works. And I, um, even if I, if I have a hunch that, okay, yeah, I said that, but I might not get called. Or even if it's one more comic life, I'll stay. Cause I want to hear what people are talking about. And there's been three topics that everyone's talking about. And it is rape, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Black people, mm-hmm. African-American people and sex robots. And I think that is the, th- and politics obviously, but like the weirdest combination of things that people talk about and the jokes about African-American people or black people in general. Um, I say black people cause that's what people say. And it's white people and they'll start and they'll be like, my thing about black people. And then they'll be like, I can see everyone getting uncomfortable. Don't worry. It's going to be good. Why do you like when, when they say the best comedy is that rings true to you, there's no possible way. And it's always wh- old, older white men or white men in general. There's mm-hmm. no possible way at all that you know what it's like to be a black man or a black woman or black anything so what are you doing putting your your two cents in about it and it just baffles me at at how often it happens it happens so much so often well i actually haven't heard anybody do it on what? going no being they killed tony oh well, so mean, far i haven't I don't heard because i don't go to a lot call. of them like that oh no i go to i go to a good amount and first of all i, I think people are ignorant and horrible but i don't think anyone has the balls to do that in front of kill tony i would kill to see that because kill tony would probably rip them apart but i go the, to the ice house it's a laugh factory I go to the uh, even the open mics at the comedy store on sundays um the um flappers like people talk about it and it's it's it, ba- it like literally blows my mind and then when no one laughs they're like oh no that's not funny no it's not funny because a that wasn't a joke and b you had you know nothing about that so that's why i that mean you could land. say actual uh, things concerning another race but you have to know how to place it you know like mm-hmm. you could say like say i noticed that Black people tend to be like really cool. I mean, just really cool. Like, how do you guys just automatically right. be cool like that? Right. You know, if I could lay in there in my lifetime as a white person, I'd be like fucking thrilled. If oh, I could yeah. just be seen as cool. Yeah. You know, now see, you could do that. Oh, you know, 100%. but it depends again no, but how I mean, you it's do that. it. Even, okay, so I'm the kind of person that thinks everything could be joked about. Almost everything. Yeah. But there's people who do rape jokes where it's just like, like, oh, my God, that wasn't a joke. That was bad. Like, people will say, like, oh, did you hear about that rape that happened the other day? Yeah, some 12-year-old got raped in the, in the back of a garage. Yep. And that's it. It's like, first of all, that's not a fucking joke. Like, I'm talking about where you take things and you make them that they're completely just, it's not even funny. Well, you know, that I would have to agree if it was put like that. It I definitely, mean, it's just, you the, know. the topics that people choose to, do you hear that ring? No, I'm good. I hear, like, a ringing might be might be just me um i feel like um people um people have kind of lost what comedy is well a lot of people don't have a draw in other words they don't have anything to draw from sometimes the person is just too young and they don't have enough experiences to draw from you know that's one advantage that i do have because i literally don't write down anything Mm -hmm. you don't no you do everything improvised yeah Mm. Because to me, you know, I want to respect that actual moment when they call my name. I want to see what actually comes out. Mm-hmm. So I'll get maybe a couple of ideas in my head, you know, about something. And then I still I always tell myself, you need to leave a little room for the unknown because you don't know how hard your heart is going to be racing when they call your name. You know, as you go up the steps, something weird could happen with your ankle oh, yeah. anything. You know, you just got to be kind of like, you know, really ready not oh getting ready you know and just tell yourself it's going to be all right because do you ever sit and actually write jokes no no 
I just get like a couple of, I call it concepts. I only deal with concepts. I don't write jokes. To me, jokes don't work because people take way too long trying to set them up and they don't realize that the people listening to them don't know what they're talking about. So you you really can tell something really much faster. I've learned that from Tony being I'm so glad that I've been there to learn this. And like basically I said something like I got problems. I got problems. And so naturally the people listening are going to want to know, well, what's your problem? And the next line is my own titties tried to kill me last night. <laughs> So you see what I'm saying? I'm right into it rather than I'm steady building up the joke. The next line, hopefully you're thinking, and most of us will want a laugh there. Oh, my God. Which yeah. the majority of the audience gave me a laugh. A hundred percent. Because they're visualizing, you know, I started off in this terrible, you know, worrisome voice, you know, very worrisome, you know. Oh, my I got God. problems. I got problems. I'm oh telling y'all. God. And they're like, What? And then I said, well, titties tried to kill me last night. Oh, my God. I woke up. I was sweating. One of them was punching me in the face. Oh, my God. And the other one was choking me. Oh, my God. Like, do you guys know how embarrassing it is to have to call the police on your own titties? <laughs> I, oh, my, I commend you so much. For so you see what I'm saying? The I concept can't... keeps you right. The concept is I'm talking a crazy thing about my titties. It don't have to be real. Because more than likely, the titties didn't punch me in the face, right? Of course. <laughs> and then I go on to calling the police on the titties. Uh-huh. Then I tell the younger women in the audience, y'all don't know what it's like when you get older as a woman. Your titties are droop. They do crazy shit. You're trying to rest. Your titties are running around the bedroom, jump all over the furniture. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You see what I'm saying? It's see, being I'm visual. Not, I have so much faith. In my, I, 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 I keep saying I'm trying to speak things into existence, especially recently. I have faith in myself. I know I'm going to be huge one day. But I 100% get these situations where I get way too much into my head. And even when I I had... Have you been to Ice House ever? No. So Ice House has an amazing open mic. And that's the most comfortable I've ever felt on stage is at an Ice House. And also Flappers, I feel really comfortable as well because I've been there a few times. But Ice House, I got called. And I it was my first time there. And I had a four-minute set in my phone that I was going to go turn it around. It was a one-liner, a storyline, and then it comes back around. And I was like... I practiced it all day. I, I talked to her a lot and I'm just telling her and I was just doing it over and over timing myself. How long does it take? If you, if you, if you finish it a little bit faster, what else could you say? Whatever it was right in the moment, do some crowd work, maybe like completely in my head. Half of it was making fun of my sister. And the second I, are you record yourself on stage or you just, cause it's real live. You don't care. Kill Tony. You don't record yourself. No, we don't have to. You don't have to because of that. But I hit record on my phone for like voice recordings. And I, went to hit record and my sister called me so it picked up her call and i saw her face and it screwed me up so bad so see that's my point to you about the concept the concept would save you you if you had a concept for what you were talking about it would have saved you like for example um this is a little graphic for a guy he could say like i got two older brothers and and my dad and they all hate me because my dick's bigger than theirs. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's always been an issue. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, I, I come home. Nobody's happy to see me. Oh, my God. <laughs> you should be a ghostwriter. That's fucking hilarious. You see what I'm saying? It's a concept. The oh concept God, is yeah. there's tension between him and his male family members because his dick's bigger than theirs. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's always been an issue. And you can just go on and on and on. Oh, my God. Yes. You don't have to worry about what's written down. You just stick to the concept. Yeah. 
Because a lot of comedians, that's their biggest thing that he notices, Tony notices, I'm trying to say, is that they set up the joke way too long. You don't have but a minute on Kill Tony. Oh, my God, yeah. And even when you have 10 minutes, you don't want to set up for a whole five minutes. You know what I'm saying? You should give a situation and then boom, situation, boom. You could you could average a lot of laughs, a lot more laughs. I'm noticing using this concept theory that I made up, learning from Tony. You can get a lot of mileage out of that, and you don't have to worry about it because you're going to get hit by that moment, that live moment. You can't underestimate how you're going to feel when they call your name and when you go up there, you know, when the people are clapping and I'm getting up the steps and I'm trying to get to the that, mic as fast as I can. That concept thing, it does make a lot of sense. I My anxiety is very real and it is medical, but I do think I make it a thousand times worse by saying it in my head. And I'm like, I'm nervous. Fuck. And I start chewing gum. And then I, before the ice house that night, I swallowed my gum. When I saw her face and I got flustered, I swallowed my gum, got on stage, and the second I got on the mic, I was like, fuck. And everybody started laughing, and I was like, that wasn't even a joke. I'm so scared. I didn't even know what to say. I was like... Right, but see, that's why I'm telling you the concept could save you. I know. If you write down concepts rather than a whole speech of trying to tell a joke. Right. Because you have to respect the unknown. When you step in front of that mic, everything is going to sometimes be like a big blur. But if you have that concept... And you know, I'm going to make fun of my titties. I'm going to make fun of the, what happened when I first oh, got I my first pair fun. of glasses, you know. Oh, my God. And yes, I, uh, the I first time I had sex with my glasses on. Just oh anything <laughs> centered around the fucking glasses. You know what oh I'm saying? Oh, my God. I literally, have, I literally have jokes all about that. It's just. It's ironic. I said I that, forget. right? <laughs> I mean, it's clear to see what I, what I talk about. But I, I always, I, I, write, I try to do that, especially with my notebook that I have. One second. I'm, I'm, guys. For you, those of you listening at home, you cannot see, but I am reaching into my backpack right now. She's reaching into the fucking backpack. <laughs> In five, four, three, and here ten. We go. I write. I've been doing that even last night. I was writing forever. So this is basically oh, because I write scripts too. I don't know. So much crap in this notebook, but I write like little one-liners, like um. Oh, I, I don't know how I, the hell I thought about this, but I, I heard Tyra Banks' name for the other day, and I don't know. I was like, damn, I haven't heard from her since America's Next Top Model. And somebody was like, it came back. And I was like, oh, damn, she's like on top. And I'm like, I want to be on top like I'm Tyra, because her show is America's Next Top Model, and the song was right. like, I want to be on top. So I was like, I can make that sexual. Like, if a guy's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, oh, I want to be on top like I'm Tyra. <laughs> like, whatever it is. I don't know. I wrote that I mean, stupid. you could definitely take anything and run with it. It's just decide what are you really saying and then when you on stage you don't have to worry about remembering it just like a script oh my god yeah just remember the the concepts i was like i'm self-conscious about my weight about my boobs about my glasses and i write stuff like that and then i'll start talking out loud and i'll say something really good and i'll feel like i have to write it down exactly but even that screws me up yeah so again if you stick with your concept it'll come back to you you will say something just as good yeah or you know it, it, it won't be you know stressful like it is now you go up there and you think you're prepared but nothing prepares us for the exact moment that's why you got to know the concept to me i might be you know overstating it but no it works like a charm for me because my heart races too when he calls my name i never know when they're going to call i've been blessed to get a call 15 times on this show in county i'm still saying county 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 of course because there's more stuff 
coming up. Of course. Until about soon. I honestly, my sister's giving birth in June. I'm not sure if I'm going to be here, but if I'm in town, I got to go to that five year anniversary. Oh, yeah. June 18th. I just, Tony show. You got to be just there. Just heard about the show, but I'm already a huge fan and I, yes. I want to be there. I will definitely be there. Did you go to the last year's anniversary? No, I wasn't. Um, I heard there was people like on top of each other. Yeah. I, that room was packed to the walls. Yeah. I wasn't aware of it like I am this one coming oh, up. Oh, of course. Because I'm going to make two years on Kill Tony August 22nd. Wow. 2018. You know, and I wanted to say that I did stand up comedy for the first time at the Laugh Factory 22, almost 22 years ago, pretty much. I did it as a dare to myself turning 40. I had read in this book that if you want to, you know, stay young, you got to live outside of your comfort zone, basically outside that little neat box, that little perfect world people like to stay in, call themselves safe, you Mm -hmm. know. And I said, well, what the hell? What can I do? You know, and I heard this little wicked woman in my head told me to go and do some stand up. Oh, my God. And then to complicate it, don't write anything down. Yeah. uh, Even like the last time that I I feel like when I first bombed that one time when I saw my sister's face and it screwed me up, I felt like um, the last time I went on was next stage about two days ago. And I was extremely nervous and I had my phone and one of my friends was like, don't bring your phone. Why would you have notes? And I said, I need my notes. I, I absolutely need my notes. I look at them. We're here for a workout. I was like, I need my notes. Don't look at your notes. He says, don't look at your notes. I get on stage. I literally, I don't know if it's because I didn't eat that day, whatever the case. I was literally like this. And I said, I'm shaking. And then everybody noticed and they were like, oh shit. It was, I bombed. So it was bad. And I feel like there's such a mix of so many different things. I feel like where I'm at right now, even Gary Shandling. Do you know who Gary Shandling? Is? Yes. Gary Shandling had fucking notes galore. He had papers everywhere. I'm like, if Gary Shandling can have papers and he was so fucking great and people saw him, why can't I have notes sometimes? Well, let me say something. I'm going to tell you, just as a person listening to you, you got to work on the way you think of yourself. I know. You got to really start checking your language because your language is causing chaos. I know. So you can start. A little bit at a time. Like I tell people if they want to write something, you know, just write for like 10 minutes at first. I said, what's more than likely going to happen unless you're way, way, way lost is you're going to start falling in love with what you're doing. Oh, my God. I I sat in my room yesterday, my living room yesterday for three hours and I was writing. Right now. But for you, writing doesn't seem to be something that's challenging so far. I think your attitude and the way you talk about yourself is the biggest thing you're going to have to work on conquering. So in other words, you can ease yourself out of this nervousness, out of this panicness, out of anxiety or whatever you might see it as a little bit at a time. You know, when you go do these open mics, be willing to go there with nothing. Because once you get strong with no papers and no, no phone and all that stuff, nobody's going to be able to stop you. Yeah. But just do a very short set, you know, even if it's only three minutes, two minutes, whatever they give you. And just tell yourself, only thing you take with you is like maybe write down your concept. Don't write out a whole sentence or anything. Just put, you know, uh, stupid, you know, yep. uh, uh, angry, you know, anything, you know, angry about whatever. Don't give a whole sentence. You know, don't write a whole bunch of notes and stuff like that. Just the concept mm-hmm. of what you're doing, you mm-hmm. know, losing weight, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, that's another thing. I feel like it's too. I recently lost 80 pounds this last two years. And I feel like people have taught, treated me completely different. Oh, yeah. Because they even, will. even when I'm dre- like you saw me dressed up the other day. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember how I looked like, but I everywhere I go, I, I'm 80 percent of the time I'm dressed like this. I want to be comfortable. I want to do my thing. But when I go out, I'd like to be dressed up. And I feel like before 
when I was bigger, I still pretty much looked the same, but people completely treated me different as far as men, as far as women, as far as everybody, because I feel like, especially when I get on stage now, everybody's like, what the fuck do you have to say? Every time before when I said something funny, they're like, oh, she's fucking hilarious. But now it's like people almost don't want to laugh because they're like, what are you talking like? People, okay, again, whatever it is, you have to be careful. I know. Don't buy into all these things. You, you, your, your energy is spread out into too many directions that don't yeah. serve you. So when you find yourself doing any of it, just stop it. All right. Just try to stop abruptly. Because, again, the longer you speak it, you're thinking it. And yeah. thoughts, again, are very powerful. Yep. We can even be talking on these microphones right now if somebody hadn't got the thought to yeah. build such a thing. Yeah. I didn't build it. You didn't make it, right? No. Yeah. So our thoughts, again, are at the basis of everything we do. The only reason I'm sitting at this microphone with you right now is because I was out doing something. Of course. How else were you going to meet me? Never uh-huh. seen me before, right? Yeah. Don't know where I live. Mm-hmm. So I got myself out the house. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of enjoying the magic that I'm enjoying now. And I've been blessed. I went on my first band tour at 54 years of age. 11-hour flight to France. I've been on planes before, but never 11 hours. I don't even know how I did 11 hours. Then we had one tour where we left and went from L.A. to Taipei, 14 and a half hours, okay? And then a five, four or five-hour layover in Taipei and then five more hours to a place called Jakarta. So we're talking about being on a plane like 19 and a half hours most of a day. I still have jet lag, even though I haven't been on tour in a while. I expect to go back on tour really soon, working with these bands now. They all want a tour. But long story short, I did that at 54 because there's no way I was going to stay at home. I was more fearful of staying at home than ever getting on that plane because I don't ever want to look back and say that line I said before. I wish I had did that. What was I thinking about? Yeah, I feel I have hope. I'm young. I'm extremely young. Yeah, but watch the language. I try. Yeah, you got to try harder. I know. You got to try harder because you're gonna kill that dream. No, with never. that, you can't serve both. In other words, mm. you know, just know nobody's gonna kill you when you get up there. Yeah, you know. Nobody, no, back in my day, they might have shot at you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just if you can't see, the black people don't play that. They don't have no patience about Latinas. it. The young Latinas. You know, don't come in the hood messing with their songs. They will mess you up of real course, bad. Of course, of course. Man. But no, you have everything to gain and you are young, you know, but you need to tell yourself as this self this message. Every time you catch yourself doing that, you know, I do the same thing with myself. If I catch myself, like sometimes I have this thing I call dread. I don't feel like doing stuff, you know. That's why I haven't worked on my book for a while lately. I'm like, okay, enough. You've been on vacation long enough, and I'll give myself that message for a while. Next thing I know, I'm writing on the book again. Because I put in a lot of work every time I work on it. I put in a lot. Once you get going with the pen. Yeah, especially. yeah. Now I got to push myself to finish it. Yeah. I got, like I said, it's like a telephone book right now. Mm. And I did all that work by myself. So. And what was the concept of the book? Is it just like uh, poems it, as well? Well, everything is poetry. I'm going to do some stuff that's not poetry as well. But it's all, like I said, in your face, realness type of poetry is hilarious. It's just the full use of freedom of speech because mm. the book is called When Freedom Rings. This is what it sounds like. And I took it, I took it uh, from Dr. King, Let Freedom Ring. Oh, of course. You know, so he's saying let freedom ring. So I want you to see what happens when the freedom rings. Oh, of course. So that's the concept of the book. 
Mm. You know, you're. I feel like you're going to have zero problems if you try to take this to a publisher to have it published. You're going to have like no problems. Well, the lady that edited my first uh, book, she said uh, she didn't really think it was going to be that good because poetry is sometimes difficult for the readers to understand what the hell you're talking about. You know, the sassafasis of my cauliflower, cauliflower mind. What the hell is it? What the hell does that mean? You know, but the type of the type. I can't even talk. I'm getting excited. The type of things I write about are dear to a lot of people's hearts uh-huh. you know children issues you know racism you know what is what's beauty you know what's beautiful in america what's not you know thin versus fat you know the things done to women you know oh god just all kind of stuff you know and people can they can deal with it you know i talk about gay you know whatever and i'm gonna do some comedy on uh transgender women but i have a way of mispronouncing things that makes it funny and yeah so, you know, like I was talking to people on the show, telling them I'm totally chromatized. And mm-hmm. What's chromatized? I mean, I'm just at the point where everything is just really crazy, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like almost stuck, you know, in a excitement. I'm stuck in wonderment. And it's just like, I don't even know what to think. Like I told them about, I stayed at the Cecil Hotel when I was homeless mm-hmm. and later found out years later that. It has a history about serial killers. Oh, my God. Which totally traumatized me. I don't know what to say. You know, I'm like, excitement starts racing in my mind that you actually were walking down the hallways and going in a room that a serial killer might have stayed in. And I got this feeling the whole time I was there, it was like a voice telling me, get to your room, get to your room, get to your room. And I never knew what that meant until last year when I got cable TV again. They finally did a special that I didn't know was going to be on cable. Didn't know anything about it. Just watching cable stuff, flipping through the channels and coming across this program about the Cecil Hotel. And to come to find out that serial killers stayed in that hotel. People jumped out the window in that hotel. They found a body up on the roof in that hotel. And I was there for eight days. You know what? That is crazy, too. That that just goes to show you your mindset, though. Like, you're the kind of person that, like, if you would have known, you would have treated that experience differently. Sure would have. Because you didn't know. You just went into it like, what, screw it. But there was something talking to me because every time I would come in there. Are you a spiritual person? I'm very spiritual. I'm very tuned in. And something was telling me, get to your room every time I came in that hotel. I didn't try to make small talk with the desk clerk or anything. It took, get to your room, get to your room. And then I would sit inside my room and I would always have this creepy feeling that maybe somebody would try to come in my room. Oh my God. The whole time I was there. And it never made any sense until this program came on last year when I got cable. A couple of months after I got cable, they did a special on the hotel. I mean, I don't trust hotels in general because the bus boy i mean the bell boys or the maids or whatever they have keys anybody can come in at any moment you're yeah that happened on the ship i knew the ocean this guy opened up the door to my room i said aren't you supposed to knock or ring the doorbell you don't just open up the door and fucking come in the room do you he's looking at me like he's surprised what the fuck you think i was you opened up the door i could have been doing anything in here what time of day was it it was like it don't matter it's just the fact that why you come in somebody's room without even ringing the doorbell it ain't your damn room no but i mean of course but i don't even remember Honestly, I'm on a shift. I didn't look out. Yeah, see. but if it was nighttime, like, what the fuck are you? I mean, any time of day, but uh, that's suspicious. I would have checked the fuck out. You know, I did. I asked him, I said, what the fuck? I said, why are you coming to my did he room? Say? I said, you didn't ring the doorbell. You don't know if I'm in here, you know, undressed or whatever. He just looked all shocked and shit. And know? he left? And he, I said, from what I remember, he went on, you know, 
it's just it was really shocking you know it's been a while i think it happened like uh yeah 2013 it's been a while but anyway i'll never forget him opening up that door and i had to check his ass you know people be doing some shit oh my god yeah you know be doing some shit i mean i'm I'm getting ready to do some material about people doing some shit you know like this lady at a bus stop i don't know how to act i gotta tell you about it right quick she's blowing cigarettes smoking my face man just i'm like ma'am i said you're blowing cigarettes smoking my face you know she looked at me like shut up bitch and I'm in shock. My mouth is dropping open just like yours are now. Eyes getting big. No. And she wants some more cigarette smoke in my face. I said, ma'am, you sitting right next to me. I mean, these this little seating at the bus stop was not a long thing. It was a shorter thing. Only two people could sit on it, basically, you know, for the most part. And she does it again. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, I got something for your regurgitated looking ass, okay? I got oh something for God. you with your freeze-dried looking ass. I went in my purse. I got out my top shelf motherfucking weed with my good ass motherfucking hash on top of it, lit it, and I blew a cloud <laughs> oh around God. her fucking head, a full cloud. Oh, my God. A full fucking cloud, Okay. And she going to say, you need to stop smoking. I said, you need to stop smoking that cancerous shit you're smoking. The fuck are you talking about? I oh said, this is God. legal. We're in California. We ain't no fucking gut real Mississippi. You know fucking word. We're in California. Oh, my God. We're not in fucking Missouri where they smoke. You know, I went home to visit St. Louis. I'm from there, and they're, they're smoking weed like the FBI is on their fucking trail. Oh, my God. It's yeah. sad, man. I said, I got to get the fuck back to California. I wouldn't even go there if I wasn't for family, you know? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> but she's going to tell me that. I blew that cloud of smoke around her ass about five minutes after that. She was friendly as fuck. Oh, my God. She was friendly as fuck. Of course. She had got Don't fuck fucking contact. Oh I had to help her ass on the bus. Do you have family here? <laughs> Basically, uh, I have some cousins in Northern California that I know about. Visited them many years ago now, but I'm not really in touch with them that much. You know, uh, uh-huh. family in different places. They really don't stay in touch, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mother's third oldest living of 13. So it's a lot of family I'm getting to know on Facebook that I may go see in Portland, Oregon. You know, mm-hmm. there's some more family, mothers, brothers and sisters and stuff live up that way, too. So I have a lot of family, a lot of family, but it's just unfortunately not close. A lot of black families, people of color, mm-hmm. post-slavery, they just are not close. They don't know how to be, you know, and then they split over religion and stuff. And mm. I'm, I'm not on the white Jesus program, so I'm just right. a fucking outcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> wow. Are you married? Oh, hell no. You're single Aphrodite. Yeah. I, I love it. I love men, but not that much. I don't oh. want to see them every day. They might get shot as an intruder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not used to seeing men in the house. I don't, what That's fuck so you true. I don't want to get married either. You know, I think the only time you need to be married, if you're religious or traditional or something, you know, it's like, I don't want to see a guy every day. Oh. You know, surprise the fuck out of me. Dude, go away. Be like E.T. Phone home. Do something. <laughs> Oh my god, I love that. For real, you know, I, they ain't that serious. Do you Every have children? Day, no, I don't like them that much either. Oh my god, we're the same person. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh my god. No, no, it. no. I'm, you know. Living your life like a queen. Yeah, you know. I mean, there's some beauty to having children. I don't want people to think I Oh, no, of course. You know, no, I have nieces you know, and nephews that I adore. I had some very crazy things happen very young for me, so I just, uh, no, no. Exactly. No. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not today. You know, and I don't knock anybody because they might have somebody that they feel like that for, you know. So I don't want to tell people how to live their lives. It's not my business. But I just think a woman or a man, you know, should think three or four hundred times before they marry somebody because nothing is forever. 
Mm. And people change in good ways and they change in bad ways. And then you really get to know them because I know somebody I recently talked about getting married and stuff. And I said, well, why are you really getting married? Mm. And they don't even really know. A hundred percent. I think people in this day and age, especially with the new generation, I feel like I am completely misplaced in this generation. I feel like I can relate to none of them. But... um, uh, some of them in a good way. A lot of people doing good stuff for um, spoke about this in my last podcast. A lot of people doing good stuff with the marches and everything. But in generally speaking, the new generation coming up, they get married for either tax purposes or because they've been with somebody for over five years. Or how about you celebrate you've been together for five years and go on a vacation with that money instead of actually like getting a piece of paper it costs more to get a divorce than it does to get married and i also think with prenups they should be illegal because if you really if it was harder to get married then people would really fucking think twice about it well even if you think twice about it even if you do it with the best intentions even if you're highly mature or whatever it's still highly unrealistic for anybody to be with anybody forever yeah but i mean that's what i'm saying even in an annulment though even if you go into a marriage with a prenup you are setting it up for failure because marriage should be the last step this should be like you a hundred percent cannot see yourself i think in my sick mind i think marriage should be if you and this person are older i mean like older i mean you guys are 85 together and you see that you one of you may pass soon it would be like your souls are in before the end you know what i mean that kind of thing is what marriage is to me like well maybe. the problem with it again for me it's it's just something that's unrealistic i don't oh see God. anything even monogamous relationships in this day and age you are know, unrealistic i just think experience who you want to experience and don't get crazy because the thing is you don't really know people they could that's why some guys turn out to be serial killers and their wife didn't know anything about it you know or they turn out to be cross dressers or whatever you know (laughs) or the woman really wants to be with a woman you know and all this kind of stuff you know we're we're, we're trying to know stuff that we can't possibly know about another person that was just telling my friend i said look you're talking about the family says this person is a good person and all that that means nothing you should be talking to his ex-wife Ooh. Okay? okay if you really want to get an idea what this guy is like you know talk to his ex-girlfriend of or whatever because otherwise you're just you know feeding your fantasy that you found mr wonderful and uh-huh. you don't know what you're dealing with maybe he is wonderful i'm not gonna say the guys can't be because there are some really wonderful men out of course, there yeah but there's just no reality in thinking that you're going to have forever with anybody even the greatest relationship somebody's going to die or get bad health or whatever it's never going to be forever you know so to me just experience like the man i'm experiencing i he's amazing you know and he's amazing in bed and everything and we don't do basically much of anything together you know that much because i just i don't know i just came to the feeling that i don't want to invest too much in people you know my biggest love is my music and my art you know now sexually he's the bomb he's <laughs> he's the man you know? <laughs> oh i ain't trying god. to replace that you know oh my god but getting crazy with you know trying to move in the house with him and you know take his name and all of that and he's been married before too you know so i just think it's better for me to keep my own space i yeah. don't have to divorce anybody yeah and i could i could go along with seeing him exclusively for a while you know if that will is if that's something we decide together but i can't verify his part of it uh, you know what i'm saying what I'm so do. this is a topic that we are going to get around to every week i give my guests a chance to speak about their pressing topics and then we i get to a topic this week's topic is sex and monogamy <laughs> so we're going to talk about that for a little bit before we get into that because you just got into it and i loved everything you were saying before we deep get into that for about 20 minutes what 
is there any topic that's really got grind your gears this week or is there anything you feel super strongly about that you want to speak about right now oh let's see well the main thing uh one of the things that comes to mind you know i'm really big on uh letting people know that uh creativity doesn't stop at 30 years old you know these record companies and you know movie companies or whatever you know they have really messed up a lot of women especially with that mentality because they're afraid they're ugly at 25 and 22 and all this kind of nonsense and everything and then when you get past 40 it's like forget it and i'm well past 40 like i said i'm coming up on 63 but i get hit on by the young honeys all the time so that's that's what i judge my goodness by you know of course as long as the young honeys the homies is hitting on me trying to holler and they don't care what age i'm at and they say you look good mommy of course as long as i get that you get hit on at the comedy store all the time oh oh girl they've been rubbing on my ass over there i love it you know I love Talking it. Talking about they had to see if it was real. I'm oh. like, y'all can at least ass a sister. Oh. Ass, ass a sister, okay? <laughs> I love it. It's so true. Yeah, I feel like you're so empowering for women. It's just amazing. Everything you do, Aphrodite. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm not scared, okay? No. And I'm coming for these motherfuckers who set up all these rules and stuff. I told you when I find them, I'm whooping all of their asses, okay? You are my spirit animal. You know, these people that say you ain't supposed to have sex after a certain age, you know, these motherfuckers that tell you what you're supposed to wear, you know, I'm supposed to walk around looking like I'm studying for the priesthood all motherfucking day. (laughs) You know, I got two two choices with the kind of body I have. I'm thick and luscious and all this kind of stuff. Of course. Okay? But anyway, I can dress like a fucking ship in the middle of the ocean with sails on it and shit, you know? (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a choice of course or i can wear things that fit and people see me walk by and go damn of course <laughs> and that's how i dress too i dress more i just when i go out i like to wear heels and i like to wear stuff that's provocative because that's a little bit of who i am but i still like to be respected and i think that's where the lines cross you know and think oh just because she's dressed like that like you said people come to you touch your ass just because i'm dressed like this doesn't mean and i'm not i'm not this. wearing anything showing my ass it's just the shape of it of, you know the ass course. has gotten very you popular lately it, you know the ass has always been very popular with the brothers everybody else oh, is yeah, late same everybody else is late everybody brothers is always been on the boot hey uh-huh. not the booty but the boot hey of course okay? i love it. matter of fact in the hood mm-hmm. you can't be on duty if you ain't got no booty honey okay i know it i know it <laughs> they don't brothers don't care what you talking about you got a flat back they ain't trying to hear shit you saying oh my god for real they like to sign you out you might as well go home oh my god i love it i love it aphrodite so this week's topic sex and monogamy Sex and monogamy. Um, I've been reading a lot of articles, and I've also been like with people um, because I do these live streams. People DM me a lot on Instagram, and people talk to me a lot about a lot of different things. And a lot of people um, ask me for like advice and stuff because apparently I'm like some sort of um, Doctor Phil. Um, people have been saying, "How do you feel about monogamy? How do you feel about people who cheat? How do you feel about sex? How do you feel about?" Um, like everything in general, obviously sexuality. Now they're saying is a spectrum. Everybody has a little bit of this and that in them. How do you feel about the entire topic? Do you feel like all that? How do you feel about it? Like monogamy, all that. I think monogamy is some bullshit. Okay. Because unless you're gonna tie your wrist to a man's penis and crazy glue your hand to his dick, how the fuck are you gonna know who's fucking when he's not with you? Uh huh. Unless you gotta, you know, crazy glue your hand to a woman's pussy, how you gonna know who's fucking her when you're not around? Exactly. People can tell you exactly what you want to hear. A hundred percent. They can do great acting jobs. They can do better acting jobs than people who've gotten Oscars and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So you're all about the open relationship? Not necessarily open. I'm talking about being real. 
let's not play with reality. People want to play with reality. They want to write the script the way they want to write it instead of reality. Reality, excuse me, reality is you cannot be with anyone 24 hours a day and live your life. 100%. So if you want to believe that your partner isn't fucking anybody else, then you'll just have to believe that. But proving it mm. is a whole nother thing. Okay, so what's your what, what's your ideal relationship? My my ideal is just to be real with myself that there are gorgeous people everywhere, and we never know when we're going to meet them. Like the man I've been seeing for like coming up on four years, I met him when I was actually homeless. He walked into this place where I was at. And as soon as he looked at me, I knew he wanted me. And I was like, oh, my God. But he was just way taller and way physically built more than I've ever seen a brother that I could handle. Ooh, you know, he was like, like sheetrock. You know, give you a heart attack, honey. I mean, he could. He He's so fucking strong. He's oh. like the uh, really like a black king. Kong. Oh, he's, I love that. He can spin me around on the finger, fat ass and all. You know. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. So I was excited, you know, seeing that he was attracted to me and stuff. But, you know. You look at him, you go, oh, my God, you know, but basically with the kind of body he has and it's, I've seen many other men. I'm strictly into the brothers. So I'm addicted to chocolate. But OK, anyway, long story short, I love chocolate, too. If I like all that chocolate, who ain't going to like it? I'll tell you that much. You know, so, you know, I got to ask myself, can I handle that, you know, without going crazy and, you know, want to put the FBI on him and shit, you know, because you can't be around anybody 24 hours a day you know you're driving yourself crazy wondering is he kissing somebody else fucking somebody else talking whatever you know i just tell myself if he is guess what if i get any inkling that you know you're getting too busy i don't have me some fun too yeah you know because i'm not gonna you know like i said i'm not gonna go to sleep crying over no dude and you know tripping out what he's doing and trying to look at his phone when he goes to the bathroom and shit and no, i ain't yeah, doing all of that that's extremely it ain't unhealthy. that fucking serious you mm. know people been watching too many fucking movies yeah too many marvish poets or fucking jerry springer or whatever you know mm. this is real fucking life you don't get to control people exactly. especially sexuality that's the least area you're going to ever have any control over because we don't know who's going to walk into our eyesight day to day you know, on the way over here, I could have been in the cab with somebody else that was fucking gorgeous, you know? Yeah. You know, I could be, you know, last night, you know, met somebody where I was at or whatever. You know, you yeah. just never know when that person, like I'm going to a friend's show a little later on this evening. It could be a gorgeous brother there that I'm going to meet tonight. I don't know. And I got to really like, oh God, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. If, no, you haven't seen this yet. But October 3rd, uh, 2016 on Kill Tony, mm. I was asked to give this really handsome brother a kiss. Oh. And we ended up kissing on Kill Tony. Like make out? Yeah. Oh, was you it know, great? It, it, I mean, when you're 60 years old and you get kissed by a 25-year-old man. He was 25? 25. Oh and my he's, God. he's got, he's so fucking sexy until the men were getting nervous around him. Oh my God. Nice biceps and everything. He was a comedian? He was a comedian. No. And uh, Tony asked us to kiss because we had this vibe or something going on. And he asked the audience, wouldn't you like to see these two kiss? And I was like, I got lipstick on. I, I was freaking out. You tell me, you freaking out. At least you didn't have to kiss another comedian. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh, my God. I was like, oh, my you know, and then um, I don't want to give too much details because I get. Well, I want to watch it. Well, anyway, it's too late. It's the October third show. Oh I come God. on first, do my spill. I kind of like a, have a burgundy afro. You can't miss me. I got on a real shiny, glitzy top, and it's like bouncing the lights off of it and everything. And then he comes on later. He's fucking drop dead handsome. Oh my god! And uh, he looks a little bit like The Rock. Okay. And uh, The Rock doesn't do it for me, but his body's great. His well, that's what really I mean. Great. He 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 could look like a younger brother. Oh yeah. Of The Rock, something like that. Mm. 
very fine, sexy. And uh, Tony asked us to kiss each other. You know, I had to watch the show again because I'm not quite sure why Tony asked us to kiss. Oh, I, I first got back on stage because he had a situation going on and he was, he's mixed. Mm. And uh, he said he couldn't deal with black women, so I'm pretty much giving it away anyway. Oh God, know. no! I love it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, but anyway, it was hot. It was. Oh hot. man, I love that. The audience yeah. was screaming. I was doing stuff to him, and uh, some guy teased him later on in the belly room upstairs. We were in the main room when we did the kiss in the belly room. We were up there one night. He said, "Yeah, I heard you kissed Aphrodite." He said, "Yeah, I did, and I'd do it again." Oh, so that made me feel really good. Like he knew my age when he kissed me and he did not hesitate. He said, well, no, I'm told I can't do that. You know? Oh my God. I'm mad. He was all for it. He was for it before I was. Honey, no one's going to turn you down with that attitude. I tell you. (laughs) Oh my God. I thought you were going to kiss that white guy. (laughs) I was like, he ain't my type. Yeah. Oh no, girl. I know he wasn't. He ain't the type of I was trying to go with white guys. He's skinny as a fucking. I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. I'm smaller now. I still feel like I'm, I still feel like I'm big, even though I know. But I still want like a nice, like man to yeah, like he, he looked like he got sucked in by a vacuum honey. cleaner. <laughs> I was like, no way. But I knew he wasn't your type, but I did think you were going to kiss him just because. Just to shock everybody. But that white girl But it was better that I didn't because that gave that such a boost when the white girl came in oh, and kissed him. God. That was really great. That but you really let him great. touch your ass. So you made his life. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You can't say you touched a black woman's ass before. <laughs> and a big ass, not a little economy size oh, ass. Oh, no, uh, no. This is first class the ass. Big one, the big one, the big, big, real 100% USD. Oh, non-GMO, honey. Yeah, That's what I say, my 100% USD motherfucking beef. Okay. I love that. Grease fed. Cornbread yes. and Earl fed. Yes. Well, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Latina. And I... You're a Latina. Of course. I don't date Spanish men. I like black guys or white guys. Those are my jams. And I feel like, personally, on the topic of sex and monogamy and everything, I... Because I don't want marriage, because I don't want kids... Uh, the word that you're using is really good is experiencing people. I just want to experience people. Yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you like. There are no rules. The only people that got rules are religious people, you know, maybe people come up in a real tight cultural situation where their pam- family might want to kill you if oh, your yeah. fingernails are too long and all that kind of crazy shit, mm-hmm. you know, or if you don't wrap your head just right or whatever, you know, you might have some problems with that. But mm-hmm. if you are blessed, you know, to grow up, to have... A lot more freedom here. There's a lot of problems in America, but there are some good things as well. You know, and one of my like is the way I can live my life as a single woman. Mm. I don't have to be, you know, walking around with, you know, all kind of shit wrapped around my head. And, you know, I don't go outside, you know, showing it everything I can, you know, close to it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but at there. least it makes me feel good that majority of the time nobody's going to walk up and try to knife me. You of know, course. Or something like that. You got crazy, you know, all kind of stuff going on here. Yes, we do have serial killers and all that stuff. Oh, but God, yeah. the majority of us, you know, get out the house day to day without getting that happen to us. That's why my heart goes for anybody that goes through anything like that, you know. And of course. We need more protection for us women, children, mm. and elderly. Everybody Especially, needs to yeah. be protected. The men, too, they don't deserve anything either, you know. But getting back to um, your thing about the monogamy, I just think we say words and make up words and conditions that are not realistic to human behavior. I, that's a hundred percent. And that's why that we don't, we can't do it. True. This, you know? is, this is how I feel about it. I feel like what people will say anything to get what they want. And what people really want is to experience a lot of different people without having the 
backlash but if one person is saying but you only have to give me everything but you still want to sleep with this person you're gonna tell this one person you'll give them everything just so you can sleep with them but you're still gonna go do what you want to do with this other person that's because you can't be with a soul 24 hours a day and they know that and that's fine but i feel like okay there's all these sorts of sexual diseases there's a new one every month there's all this extra stuff don't go crazy sleeping with everyone and their mother but if you're keeping it safe, if you're keeping it sexy, do your thing, do whatever you feel like doing as far as like Aphrodite says, experiencing people, experience people like you want, but don't lie about it. I think especially with me, men will get so much further if they just flat out tell me what they want when they meet me. Cause well, 90% see, they're not, of the men, because they know that would blow game, but okay. So <laughs> you, you're going to waste your time. Whatever answer I give you is the answer I'm going to give you regardless. It's not going to make me want to sleep with you more a month later. If you've been lying and flirting and saying you want to be with me and only me, it would, if you, if I respect men who come up to me and they're like, you're beautiful. I just want to have sex with you. <laughs> I was like, okay, you do. No, but now you just saved a month of hopeless flirting with me or like bullshitting in my ear about God knows what. You just saved all that time because now I know what your intentions were. But unfortunately, men are not wired like that. You know, they're not going to come straight for it like that. That's the problem with men. They feel like they're the only ones who want sex. Men are the only ones who think they're sexual Well, I beings. told a guy about that idea one time. I said, first of all, unless you're sleeping exclusively with men, then evidently us women want some sex, too. Because oh how God, are yeah. you getting the women if none of us want to have it? If you're not raping all the women, then how are you getting it? Exactly. That's the problem. If, if men were more honest and they realized this woman wants sex, too, and just like, well, let's just have sex, they would get it. Well, a lot of times see, it, it has happened that. like that, you know, because like... Um, I spoke of something similar to that when I first started, you know, agreeing to see this guy because, you know, at first I was like, he's way too much for me physically, you know, Mm -hmm. but then I was kind of fascinated by him too. And then I was tired of being alone. So I'm like, what the fuck? Let's Mm -hmm. just let this happen, you know? Of course. And so basically that's how it's been. You know, I don't really go out with him or anything like that. I just see him physically every now and then, you know, it's not like, you know, every so many days of the week or nothing like that. Mm -hmm. It's just, we like each other that way. And, uh, you know, we even go as far as saying the love word and everything, but I don't hold him to anything. I don't tell him he can't see another woman or whatever. I just let him know, you know, you get too wild with your shit. Just expect that you won't be the only one having fun. I yeah. said, because I'm not your wife. I'm not your girlfriend. Are you seeing other people? No, not right now. I haven't. But I've actually turned down a couple of guys, you know, because. That's where they don't do it. You, you know, no, that, was, that was in the past. That was in the past. Well, you know? now into the future. You nah, they can rub it. my ass. Now nah, they can rub my ass. Okay. No. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Let them do it all. But I'm the kind of person I like to see what's going on. I don't want to get busy with too many guys and stuff, you know, for physical reasons, you know, as well as mental. And, and health reasons. You know, and, and also, you know, it could be even financial stuff, you know. Yeah. So the thing is, you know. Everything in moderation, you mm. know, another one of those Egyptians, mm-hmm. Egyptian sayings, you know. But anyway, I don't feel with what I'm doing with my art and I have a goal to put a center in my hometown called the George Center named after my deceased father and brother. And I don't have time to manage four or five sexual relationships and, mm. you know, all of this. So if you tick me off and the, and the magic is gone, mm-hmm. then I'm probably going to be gone seconds after that. Of course. You know, because I just don't need you like that you know 100 i just want to have a lot of fun and enjoy the spirit of the person and have mm-hmm. some great moments with them and however long we can manage to have that happen then i'm in for it but if the magic's gone i gotta go too of course 
you know. So of course. That's it. That's it. I as tell long them as that you're enjoying front. yourself and you're enjoying Yeah, your I don't want to put titles on it because then you start expecting things, oh, you know, and all you this stuff. Down. You know, and if they say they love you, a man can love you without wanting to be your husband. You know what I'm saying? He can actually do that. He cares for you. He shows he cares for you. Do you think that you. a person can love multiple people at the same time? That's possible because the thing is, we, we're still trying to know everything and saying it's not possible. We don't know. We're not that person. We don't know what their capacity toward other people can be. Mm. You Have know? you ever loved two people at the same time? Um, I don't remember loving two people at the same time, but I remember liking two people at the same time. Right. You know. And I'm sure it might have grown the love for both of them because I was very attracted. There was something about both of them that had that attracting factor. You know, like since I've been seeing the person I'm still seeing now, I met another guy. He's much younger. He's a musician and he is hot as shit. And I used to have like when I would be around him, I'd see him at shows and stuff because I sing with this band that he comes and checks out and stuff. And I would have this intuition to go out on the patio and just let him kiss me. You know, I mean, it was really hot. Did you kiss him? No, I didn't. I oh, if I did, I, would, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to stop myself if I did. Uh, well, I got to go with the flow. Because it's flow. really hot when a man already knows that you're 59 and he's like 35, 36. And he's hot on you and letting you know it doesn't matter. He's not into that society bullshit. And he, he let me know he, he thinks I'm very beautiful. To There's my no face, denying that, you know, and he liked the fact that I didn't lie about my age. I don't lie about my age. Oh I yeah, think that's There's disgusting. So many people do that. You know, the thing is though, you can. No, but women, you can, but you don't, and that's what people respect about you because, especially black don't crack, honey. You why are to update that? Him. Black don't crack unless you don't crack. You can't do everything to the black. You got to rest the black. You can't drink everything. You know. Oh man, <laughs> but you're killing it. That's the thing, and I think that's why people, especially men, when those like situations arise, they respect you is because it's like you can lie, but you don't lie about it and it's like and you do look the way you do so it's like oh hell yeah you know, you know a lot of time women unsexy themselves they start wearing all these little ugly clothes you know <laughs> they don't have any colors or anything they uh-huh. don't they haven't changed their hair since they left high school you know i mean women can get into some really deadbeat stuff you of know of course you know uh they've had children so i don't want to be sexy anymore probably a fear of getting pregnant or something i don't oh, know yeah. you know but mm-hmm. You know, it's it can be very complicated for women sometimes. You know, they don't want to be seen as a slut and all this old kind of silly stuff that we, you know, you know when you're showing way too much, you know. I mean, you do have to think about it because, unfortunately, I found out statistics in America that women are raped in this country every six seconds. Yeah. That's pretty fucking bad. No, it's horrible. You know? It's horrible. It's a, what is it, like three in five women have been raped in their life or sexually assaulted in their life? You know, so it's just... The realness that you don't want to tempt, you know, because like sometimes when I used to have to catch a bus late at night coming from a movie set, I was working on a movie or something, TV mm-hmm. show, or whatever. I was constantly watching the traffic going by because some of the guys would circle around the block and come oh, back, God. you know. I get scared, too, with walking my dog like in the middle of the night. If I come back from a show, it's like three in the morning and I'm walking her. I'm like, this is not safe. Yeah, do you want to do that? Everywhere I grew up, I feel like I grew up when I, I grew up in the hood, obviously. I feel like I was more comfortable there because the one thing that scares me is white people. They're fucking crazy. <laughs> so I feel less comfortable in that Not all white people now. Come on. I mean, it's true. It's true. I love white guys. They're my kryptonite. But <laughs> the the... You do feel I do feel like a sense of like uh, I I don't know what's going to happen. When it's I do probably just better not to do it anywhere because women are the statistic, you know, and you just don't want to tempt it. You know, better exactly. to be safe than sorry. You know, I just I try to get home, you know, 
especially if I did, like I purposely catch the bus or the the metro rail or whatever because I'm preparing myself for when I go on tours because mm-hmm. a lot of times we'll take the metro rail inside the airport in France or whatever you know mm-hmm. and I just don't want to be first time seeing the escalator you know oh, of course and I haven't been on one in a long time it kind of scared me at first to think of going on one so one day I got on one and asked a stranger to spot me at the end of it because I didn't know how I was going to step off of it oh girl they're my worst fear you know, but especially when fear. you haven't walked without a walker for years you of know course. you start feeling really paranoid about doing something like that and I just stepped off it like I had never stopped doing it it was really amazing moment for of me. Of course. And a total stranger was willing to stand there and spot me, you know, so I thought that was really cool. Amazing. Know? So, yeah, but again, getting back to that monogamy thing, I just don't know how people are going to do it because, again, every day your eyes are introduced to all kind of delicious beings, you know, they could pass by you. Well, I think people get their feelings hurt and they think, too, like, this, because this person, like somebody else, is taking away how they feel from me. Well, they're stuck in romance novels and shit. You know, they've been, right. especially women. Women are diehards to the fucking romance novels and shit. And life is not a fucking romance novel. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's gritty. It's grimy. Mm-hmm. It's good. And it's bad. And it's sideways. And it's unpredictable. And you just got to rock and roll with that shit or you be crazy as hell. Exactly. I love the way you talk. It's like everything you say is just phenomenal. You know, the sooner you learn that, you know, the better off you're going to be. You know, I'm going to enjoy this great fucking that this big man is giving me as long as I can get it. <laughs> Oh my God, yes. I love that. I gotta let him lick everything and fuck everything. I love that. You know, he's amazing and I love it. I love seeing him naked. Oh my (laughs) God. He's got a godly body. Of course. He's dipped in dark chocolate and I love it. Oh, I'm addicted to sugar. I love that. I'm addicted to kissing on his ass. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. I love it. I like being honest. I'm tired of all this old fucking keep quiet shit, you know. Yes. I'm tired of it, really, because people are just so full of it. You know, they don't know how to relax. They don't know how to laugh, you know. But I got to come back, like I said, about something else just a minute ago. It's not everybody, you know, thank goodness, you know. And uh, I'm so appreciative of the people who've come out, you know, and seen me do comedy. It's just flipping me out that, wow, I'm actually doing this. I have earned my wings as a bona fide stand-up comedian. Um, Of course. You know, of course. So I and you have you have that thing too, like with that when, when there's certain people. I mean, obviously, like the people who sign up for Kill Tony, it's over a hundred people every time. It was over seventy. It has grown. I mean, it's 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 so many people that show up um, show up to do these things, and even for open mics, when I go to them, like minimum fifty people that show up to these things, and they go and they go, and people are so consistent. But you got to realize, like, not everyone's going to make it. First of all, not everyone's funny. You just got to work harder than the people who are working a little hard. Make sure there's always going to be somebody who's working harder than you. But there's some people who just have it and you have it. Every time someone talks to you, I can just tell you just light them up. Thank you. I feel it. Well, you know, it it could be just simply my philosophy because I think the way people think, as I've told you, you know, watch your thoughts about yourself. Yeah. It's very powerful because to me, they're coming at it in all the wrong way. You know, they're coming at it with like a competitive mind or with I want to be famous mind and everything. See, I come with I don't give a fuck mind. Mm, Exactly. (laughs) And then beautiful things happen. All the time. All the time. All the time. You know, because destiny is more powerful than any of the people you're worried about. Oh, yeah. You know, it's already set in my mind. You know, you just have to be willing to to be, you know, uh, surrender to it. Yep. You know, because when my mind first told me to go ahead anyway, when the young lady wasn't going to go, that I was going to support. They wanted to do stand up when all this got started the second time around. Like I said, the first time was a dare to myself turning 40. Mm-hmm. And now here I am, you know, 
all these years later and I end up going back into it without even knowing I was going to go back into it. I thought I was helping her, you mm-hmm. know, to support her. I said I would do it, you know, and then I was kind of arguing with myself. Why did you have to say you were going to do it? You could have just sent the audience and supported her. Why did you have to say you were going to do it? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I'm like, fuck it. It's too late now. I already 100%. told her, you know, so. She didn't show up, you know, I went on and did it anyway, and then I went over to the comedy store, somebody told me about it, and got there too late for the potluck, and signed up for Kill Tony, and got on August 22nd, 2016, you'll see it if you... I will 100% you know. see it. I, uh, I don't know how you search for it, but I usually, you can go to Google and type in, you know, Kill Tony Ustream, and then the next page will say Def Swat Studios. Okay. And you just click on that, and then you'll see, when you scroll down, you'll see a big black box when you first click on Def Swat Studios, take them to the next page. Okay. But you just scroll down, and you'll see dates on a lot of the videos. Oh. And then it, you go down, you'll see Show More, and you just click on that, and you keep going back until you find the date that you want. Oh, perfect. So the first date was August 22nd, 2016 for me. Wow. And I was just on March 26th, 2018. Oh, I was I was there. the first one. Oh, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> it was phenomenal. Um, I really love that. Aphrodite, man. I loved hearing from you. Everything you say is phenomenal. I've got to get you back on again because this is great. Thank you. We got to get back on with someone else. We have to do like a, th- a three-way situation here. Um, oh, yes. Before yes. you leave us, Aphrodite, one more song. Anything one you want. One more song. Okay, um, this is just a little bit of uh, an original, and uh, I'm just going to sing a very short few seconds of it. It's called Baby. Hey, I like your style, baby. Your style of loving me, yeah. It makes me feel so right. Yeah, yeah. When we're together, I feel the sun shining in a minute. I'll be yours, you'll be mine I know, baby, baby Baby, baby, baby Oh, my baby You're my baby, baby, baby Oh, you're my baby Drive me crazy Baby, baby Yes! Oh my God! Aphrodite the Queen. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been, I feel like I have a new favorite every time we should. This has been phenomenal. Aphrodite, my first female guest. You did not disappoint. I love hearing about you. I cannot wait to see you on Mondays at Kill Tony. Thank you. I'm so excited. A lot more coming up. They can check me out on the social media. I'll be saying what's coming up. I don't want to give it away yet. Oh, a lot of good stuff's coming from Aphrodite. I feel it. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Aphrodite, for being here. This has been phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. Yay! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and that's it.